Hello, and welcome to the podcast of the Central Church of God, located at 5120 Central Avenue, Portage, Indiana. Here, you can listen to Sunday service by Pastor Robert Sluter. If you have questions, prayer requests, or want more information about our church, please feel free to contact Pastor Robert at 219-963-8496. God, you're so good. So I want to take us back to the the book of Nehemiah. We're using Nehemiah as a backdrop for just a little while to this this idea of of returning, uh, refining, and rebuilding. And so especially with this message today in in rebuilding. Again, the backdrop of of Nehemiah, if you're, this is one of the Old Testament accounts, historical accounts. And just to give you a little bit of history, the the Chronicles and and then Ezra is right there and, and Nehemiah, they were kind of joined together historical books. And even early on, Ezra and Nehemiah, were bound together as one book because uh, of there. There's some will say that the, the writer is Nehemiah. Some will say that Ezra is uh, the writer, but they'll say that Ezra used Nehemiah's diary to come up with it. So we know this though, at the end of the day, we know who the true author is, is, is God. Amen. And he ordained this for the church to have the day so we can see how God is faithful to his people. So we'll just give you that little bit of backdrop there. And so we looked at Nehemiah chapter 1 last week. This week we're in Nehemiah chapter 2. And I want to walk through these these 20 verses that we're going to look at today. And and I do this deliberately because I want you to hear the story. I want you to see uh, what's going on. And so I don't want to leave out any verses, so much things going on. And, and we're going to make some, some some we're going to pull out some thoughts from this today. And with this th- this thought of favor, everyone say favor. And I believe that God is going to give us favor because we see the favor here. And so the first one I want you to get, if you're keeping your notes and, and if you didn't get one today, they're in the, in the foyer. But if you're watching through this, I hope I don't skip any over saying them. But this first one is favor, the triumph, sadness. Someone say that with me. Favor to triumph sadness. How many knows that God doesn't want us to be sad and down and, and discouraged, but he wants to lift us up, right? Uh, he wants to, he wants to give us the joy that we call the joy of the Lord that renews our strength. And, and so he wants us to have favor to triumph over sadness. So let's begin right here. Remember, Again, the, the setting is that the people of Israel, for years and years, the, the prophets were telling them, if you don't get it right with God, if you keep straying away from God, there's going to be a day of the Lord, which is judgment. And what it turned out to be was that the Babylonian Empire was going to come and take the Jewish people out of Ju- Jerusalem, out of Judea, take them to Babylon as, as captives, or out of Judah, as, uh, back to Babylon as captives. And that's where we get to the story of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the, those things will start coming together as you connect the old testament but this is where we're at this is after though the 70 years are over that jeremiah that isaiah talks about after the 70 years and so there's this release if you look at the book of ezra for the context ezra was the one that writes about the return to Jerusalem. Uh, Zerubbabel was one of the, the the leaders there that took some of the first people back to Israel. Uh, not everybody went back. Only only a few. We call that the remnant. Then Ezra writes about uh, the, the 
building up their spiritualness there again, getting strong in the Lord again. Then here comes Nehemiah. He has a heart to see not only, uh, and we talked about the fasting, like not only this, the temple being rebuilt, he wants to see the walls of the city. This is what it's all about, about the rebuilding. Okay. So that's a big, big, a lot of information in a short time to kind of bring you up to speed. Everybody there? Okay. Here we go. Chapter two. And it came to pass in the month of Nisan, the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was before him, that I took the wine and gave it to the king. Now remember, this is a Persian king, not the Babylonian king. In this this time frame, after the uh, the people of Israel were taken into captivity, Persia ended up taking over Babylon. So we have a, a new kingdom uh, that's reigning, that's over, that's in control. So the Persian king begins to, because of God, he begins to work with the Jewish people, and he wants, and he's using this king to get them back home. How many knows that God can use the things of this world? to bless his people. That's the favor of God. And so this king who has Nehemiah as his cupbearer, Nehemiah is the servant to him, and, and he's noticed something. He, he, he says, I went before him, and I took wine, and I gave it to the king, and I've never been sad in his presence before. I've always had a joy. I've always covered it up. I've never been sad in his presence before. Verse 2, therefore the king said to me, why is your face sad? Since you are not sick. Now remember, going back to chapter 1, what happened? Nehemiah received some information about the homeland, right? He, he received some information that when the people got there, what they found. They found the walls and everything destroyed. and He found it all desolated. And his heart was burdened. So he began to fast for the for the people. And so the king says, why is your face sad since, since you are not sick? There's nothing but sorrow of heart. So I became dreadfully afraid. Oh no, what is he going to do to me? <laughs> this is a moment of, uh, this is an important moment here. He sees on me that there, there's distress and, and he's not pleased with this. Uh, and maybe he's going to, he has authority to, to take my head off if he wanted to. And, and I don't know what he's going to do here, but, but how many knows that God gives us favor and he's going to give us favor to triumph the sadness because God has a plan. Say God has a plan. And so he said to the king, may the king live forever. Get the tension off of me. Let's put it on you. You're, get the, the king live forever. Why should my face not be sad though, when the city, the place of my father's tombs lie in waste and its gates are burned with fire? He says, I have a reason to be sad. I, I have a reason right now. I've got the news that I knew that, that we were taken away, but I didn't know how bad it was. The walls were knocked down. The, the temple was knocked down. Everything has been destroyed. And this was the place that God set for his people to worship him. But again, remember why God drove them out, allowed them to be taken away is because of their unfaithfulness. We have to be a faithful people to God. God hasn't changed and people haven't changed. God is always faithful and people become unfaithful. And that's the conflict in us that God wants to stir within us to have the walk of righteousness, to be faithful to him. Because when we're faithful to him, he will bless us. When we're faithful to him, he's always faithful to us. And when we're faithful to him, we'll find favor with the king. I'm not talking about an earthly king. I'm talking about the king of kings. Amen. He says, why should I not be uh, sad when all this is going around? So here he gives us favor to rebuild what has been destroyed. There's favor to rebuild what has been destroyed. He says in verse 4, then the king said to me, what do you request? So I prayed to the God of of heaven. We have to know where to go. 
We have the access to heaven, not because of who we are, but because of who he is and what he's done for us, what what Jesus has done. We have access to heaven. We can go to God who sits on the throne with our prayers. Uh, Nehemiah recognized that he had access to God uh, to pray to him because God was using him. And so he prayed to the God of heaven. And this is what happens. And then being moved on by God, he says to the king, if it pleases the king. And if your servant has found favor in your sight, how many knows that that God had a plan because it wasn't just anybody he used to, to go back. He, he chose Nehemiah to be a servant, to be close to the king for the right time. He chose, he chose Nehemiah because he had a heart and he had, he chose Nehemiah because he would be bold to speak to the king when he was the right time. He didn't go to the king first. The king asked him, I, I see something's going on right here. What's happening here? But at at that moment, Nehemiah had the boldness because he prayed to God, help me say the right things to the king. I believe that you want to give me favor. And this is what God did. If I found favor in your sight, I ask that you send me to Judah, uh, Judea, to the city of my father's tomb that I may rebuild it. That's a pretty big ask, isn't it? This is my request. Send me. I don't want to, I'm not going to serve you for a while. I know I do a service for you, but I really, my heart's over there. That's why I'm sad. Everything was, was uh, destroyed. So God also, look at this, verse six, favor. He gives us favor for the time needed to rebuild. Look at this verse. Then the king said to me, the queen also sitting beside him, how long will your journey be? And when will you return? So it pleased the king to send me, and I set him a time. God gives us the time. God is the one over time, amen? And we don't have to put it on our time schedule. We go to God, and this is where it started. It started with the prayer. He prayed to God, and God began to give him favor. And so, Lord, we pray for your timing. We pray for your direction. We pray for your favor, and God will always make the time. He gives us favor for the time needed to rebuild. How many believe that God is still the God today as he was right then, and he's a God who's concerned about the time, and he knows the time that we're in. God is not surprised, and, and we don't want to keep blaming blame in certain times, but, uh, but we're not, we're, we're just getting out of this pandemic that's, that destroyed a lot of things that brought a, a halt to a lot of things. And God wasn't surprised by that, but we're not going to let that stop us doing what God's called us to do. And he has a time and a season prepared for this church to prosper and be rebuilt and, and to move forward and to touch lives. And it's in God's timing. How many is going to trust the timing of God? Amen. We trust you, Lord. Then, verse 7, I want you to pull out this thought. God gives us favor to overcome hindrances. How many of you ever have any hindrances in your life when you're, it might be on a, uh, uh, in a, in a ministry or, or uh, doing something for the kingdom and you're like, this is hindering, uh, this. So I'm making this focus. This is about ministry. I know there's things that's going on in your, in your own lives, but we're talking about the, the rebuilding of the, of the church, uh, what God wants to do for the kingdom of God uh, to help uh, us minister to the, to the city of Portage and the surrounding areas. And, and so there might be some hindrances out there. How many knows that COVID was a pretty big hindrance? <laughs> But God has given us favor to overcome the hindrances. God has given us favor to be victors in him. Amen. Verse 7. Furthermore, I said to the king, if it pleases the king, 
Let letters be given to me for the governors of the regions beyond the river. He, he goes, I know where our boundaries are and, and you know what you're doing, but uh, they need to know that you're giving me favor. I need your, I need your help in this so they will not attack me or destroy me, but they know that I have the favor of the king. So let the, let me have some letters to go with me that they must permit me to pass through the, till I come to Judah. How many knows that the Lord is in control? And he is able to open the doors and that you have safe passage. This is what God is saying to us. that We have safe passage in him. He gives us favor to overcome the hindrances. Then he gives us favor for the resources. Someone say that with me. Just get that in our spirit. God gives us favor for the resources. It's not ours, but it's his. Amen. The God who owns the cattle on a thousand hills, he can take care of our needs. He knows our, He knows what we need of. He knows the resources that we need, whether it's monetary or if it's equipment or if it's persons, whatever it needs, if it's workers. God knows he has the ability to give us the resource. We have favor with him. So he goes on to say in verse 8, he says, And a letter to Asaphah, the, the keeper of the king's forest, that he must give me timber to make beams for the gates of the citadel, which pertains to the temple, for the city walls, for the house that I will occupy. And the king granted them to me according to the good hand of, God, of my God upon me. God is the one who gives us favor for resources. He's saying, here's what I need. I need some, I need some timber. I need some lumber. I need some construction material to build what uh, I need to build there. We need to rebuild the gates. We need to rebuild the temple. I need a place to dwell in. And God gave him favor to ask a bold request. Uh, uh, he says, I need you, king, to supply this for me. Nehemiah wasn't saying, uh, give them, uh, give them, uh, uh, give me a discount on this. No, he says, I need you to give it to me. How many knows that God is able to do this? Uh, but where it goes back to is the faithfulness. It goes back to the faithfulness of the people of God. So I just want to be bold this morning. If we're not faithful to him, we don't have the right to ask him for something above our faithfulness. Uh, he wants our faithfulness first. He is a faithful God, but he, he responds to our faithfulness to him. And so because if you understand this, this principle of giving and, and tithing, when we give to him first, he always blesses us back. And, and some people say, well, I'll give if I know it's going to be met. But that's where faith comes in. You give first and see the blessing second. If God wrote you a, a script, I'll say, if you'll give your, your, your tithe, and here I'm saying give, not pay. It's not a payment, right? It's a gift to God. I, I'm giving back. I, he doesn't give us ahead of time. Here's what you're going to get in return. He says, be faithful and I'll bless your home. Be faithful and I'll bless your family. Be faithful. I'll bless your church. And so God gives us favor for the resources when we're faithful to him. Nehemiah was faithful to God and his serving. So he, God granted him and, and the king granted according to what he needed. He gave him this timber. So verse nine, then I went to the governors in the regions beyond the river and gave them the king's letter. Now the king has sent captains of the army and horsemen with me. And when Sambalat, here's, I want you to write this down. There's favor to prosper and rebuild despite the opposition. I'll give you a moment to get that down. Favor to prosper and rebuild despite the opposition. This is going to be our last fill-in for this. and I'm walking through this fast. I believe God is moving in this place that he wants something. But get, get this idea of favor on your heart right now. There's going to be opposition when 
in everything, right? The enemy, what is it? You hear John 10 all the time. His, his task, what he wants to do, his objective is to steal, kill, and destroy. But God wants to give life. There's a conflict. Life versus death. It's everything. Light versus darkness. There's a conflict. All the time. Opposition. But greater is he that is in me than in he that is in the world. We keep our eyes on Jesus Christ. We can make it through the opposition. We can, ha- we can be prosperous and we can rebuild despite what the enemy throws our way. So I, I think the Nehemiah already knew. He didn't know who he was going to run into, but he realized, I'm leaving the, the safeness of this kingdom. Even though we don't belong here, the Persians have been nice to us. You realize that just another tidbit of history and, and how the Bible works. That story of Esther, you remember the story of Esther? I'm not going to preach on that right now, but that was in the middle of Ezra's, uh, in the book of Ezra. There's like a 60-year span when things are happening, when Zerubbabel goes out and brings people back and all this. There was people that were left in Persia, Esther and Mordecai was one of them, and that story was there. But guess what happened in Esther? The enemy, Haman, wanted to destroy the people of God, but God uh, used a young lady named Esther to see things change. And what did they do for the transformation? They went to praying and fasting, amen? And she realized, I've got to go before the king, and if I have the favor of the king, my people will be my people will be spared. But it took prayer and fasting to get the attention of the king. I want to let you know right now, in this time of season at prayer and fasting, we're getting the attention of the king of kings. He is going to help us, and he's going to direct us, and he's going to remove the, the opposition that stands in the way of moving forward together. And so, Nehemiah understood I need a favor of the king because there's going to be someone out there. I know there's some people that are going to question what is going on. And I need a favor of the king to make it through. And so here what we see in verse 10. When Sambalat, the, the Horonite, and Tobiah, the Amorite official heard of it, they were deeply disturbed that a man had come to seek the well-being of the children of Israel. They weren't looking so highly on the children of Israel. They they weren't esteeming them because they were taken captive. They were servants and slaves, and so they didn't look upon them. So they 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 didn't know what what uh, who they really were. They didn't recognize them as the people of God. We need to be bold of who we are. We're the people of God. Uh, we've been we've been bought in by. By the blood of Jesus Christ. And, and we don't walk around in arrogance. We walk around with humility. But I stand in boldness. I'm a child of the king. Amen. And God has a. He's got a. He's got his favor on the people of God. So Nehemiah says he went to Jerusalem. And he was there for three days. And then he arose. Verse 12. Then I arose in the night. I had, I and a few men were with me. I told no one what my God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem. There's some times that God moves on the heart. He'll give you the right timing to deliver, but he puts in the hearts of leaders. This is what I want you to do. And they need to hold that tight until it's the right time to share it with the people. So this is what Nehemiah was doing. I'm, I'm holding on this. I didn't tell anybody what God put on my heart to do, nor was there any animal with me except the one which on which I rode. Follow the picture. What's going on? 
verse 13. And I went out by night through the valley gate to the serpent well and refuse gate and viewed the walls of Jerusalem, which were broken down and its gates, which were burned with fire. He went to Jerusalem. He took a few with him, but in the middle of the night, him just with the, the donkey that I rode, they went to survey what really the, the situation was. They, they went on an expedition to find out what really happened here. I've heard about it. I, I, I've got the letter and I know that it's not good, but I went in to see what it was really like. Follow on what's going on. Then I went onto the fountain gate and to the king's pool, but there was no room for the animal underneath me to pass. There was the complete destruction. He couldn't go under through a gate. You understand a gate and the, and the gates around the walls. We're not talking about the size door that we have going out to our, our sanctuary. We're talking about a, a huge gate that people would go in and would bring animals in. And, and he says, I couldn't even get myself and the animal I rode through this gate. It's been so much destroyed, the destruction all around. How many knows when you look upon that, uh, that, that your heart is, is broken? Anybody who drove by a house has ever caught on fire and, and you just see the destruction that is there. Your heart is broken. Even if you don't know the people inside uh, your heart, like, wow, what they just went through. This is devastating. Look at the destruction that is here. This is, this has got to be hard on them. And, and I want to let you know, this is, this is the, the, the place where the people of Israel dwell. This is where they, they serve God. This was the promised land that God gave them. And, and, and Nehemiah is so heartbroken of what he's seeing, all the destruction that's all around. He had a heavy heart, but God was going to change the situation. How many can believe that God wants to change the situation? No matter what the enemy has burnt down and knocked down and destroyed, we understand that God can lift up and rebuild and he can set it on he can set it on fire the right way amen glory to your name hallelujah verse 15 so i went up in the night by the valley and viewed the wall then i turned back and entered by the valley gate and so returned and the officials did not know where i had gone or what i had done I had not yet told the Jews, the priests, the nobles, the officials, or the others who, and you can think about it, who will do the work. He writes in who did the work, but he's reflecting back on what happened. Who's going to do the work? I haven't told them yet. What God really put on my heart, I didn't tell them what I was doing to go see and and reform the ones who were going to do the work. I kept it to me, but I know this, I got to get them on board. Here's what happened. Then I said to them, after I observed the, the situation, after I've been in, in prayer with God, I need your favor to go in. I, I, I need your favor to get lumber. I need your favor to get the timber. He didn't tell anybody he already got that permission. He didn't tell him what the king was already doing. He wanted to go observe the, the situation. So he went in. He says, I, I said to them, you see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lies waste. Its gates are burned with fire. Then he gives this discharge. Come and let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer be a reproach. Come, let us build a wall. Someone say that with me. Come, let us build a wall. We've talked about taking down walls, the wrong walls that need to be built. We don't want walls of offense. We want walls of protection. And when we're walking in the protection of God, he says, I want to rebuild your walls. I want to rebuild your church. I want to rebuild your confidence. I want to rebuild you, but you've got to do it together. 
together. You got to knock down some walls for the right walls to be built. And, and he says, come, let us build the walls of Jerusalem that we may no longer be a, a reproach. He, he goes on in verse 18 and he told them of the hand of my God, which are, which had been good upon me and also the king's word that he had spoken to me. So they said, this is their response. So let's rise up. Let us rise up and build. Someone help me with that. Say it with me. Let us rise up and build. Say it again. Let us rise up with the best voice that you got. Shout it out. Let us rise up and build. Then they set their hands to do this good work. They got on the board together. We see that there's favor. He began to let them know, hey, we've got favor with the king and the king of kings. And the, and the things that we need are being supplied for us. But here we go again. Are you ready? There's always another wrench in the, in the mechanism that gets in the way. But when Symbolit, the Horonite, and Tobiah, the Amorite officials, and Geshem and Arab heard of it, they laughed at us. And despised us and said, what is this thing that you're doing? Will you rebel against the king? They're thinking about the king of Persia. They haven't gotten the insight from the king. They didn't know what the favor that, that, uh, that Nehemiah had with the king. And they begin to laugh at the situation. There's always going to be some that's going to laugh at the situation. They're always not going to understand what's really going on. Uh, Symbol and, and Tobiah, they didn't understand what was really going on. They had, that Nehemiah had favor with the king and the Jewish people had favor with God, the king of kings, that he was going to restore to them. Isn't that what Isaiah said that you're going to be a, you're going to be captive for 70 years but then but then but then that God has this then moment right that he's going to replenish he's going to rebuild he's going to prosper and this is Nehemiah's response so I answered verse 20 so I answered them and said to them the God of heaven himself will prosper us. God's given us favor to prosper and rebuild despite the opposition. You got to hear that. No matter what the, what this, uh, what the government may do around us, uh, we thought he thought they, government thought they were shutting down. Some in the government thought they were shutting down churches, but guess what? It didn't happen, right? Uh, we were able, God gave favor, God prospers churches to, to build back up. And we're churches, many churches right now are in the rebuilding phase, but we need to know that God is on our side and he is on our side. Listen to the response of Nehemiah, the God of heaven himself. How many knows that God in heaven himself is on our side? Uh, this is not some uh, venture that we're doing alone by ourselves. Uh, we are on a journey together with Jesus Christ. Uh, he is the author and finisher of faith and he's given us favor. He's given us favor and he, we're going to walk in that favor. He says, God in heaven himself will prosper us. Therefore, we, his servants, will rise and build, but you have no heritage or right or memorial in Jerusalem. He says, you're not of the people of God. Uh, you, you've not been uh, of this Jewish uh, heritage uh, uh, and you have no right to keep us from being where we are. You have no right to, to, to keep uh, what God wants to do. And, and we're going to just forget what you're doing and we're going to build it anyway. We're going to move forward anyway. So no matter what the, the government may try to do, we don't care. We're going to build it anyway. So they've been trying to threaten to take a t the tax status away from churches for years and years and years. But God always finds a way to keep that status. I thank God for that. But even if it goes away, that's not going to kill the church because the church is not a building. The church is the body of Christ. And he who is, and he's greater than us. The gates of hell can try to prevail against it, but it will not prevail. Amen. Hallelujah. We stand on your word, oh God. So let's do the Bible. Are you ready? 
this week. I want you to read Proverbs chapter 16, verse 15, and Joel chapter 2, verses 23 through 29. I want you to pray this prayer. Lord, grant us your favor for rebuilding. This is your desire and the reason you continue to pour out the latter rain on your sons and daughters. We pray for a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit in our lives and in our church. For those who are watching online, maybe it's your first time seeing us. Maybe those are in here today. Maybe you've not been with us. I'm not going into another message. I'm bringing in some passages, another section of just to say, hey, God is in control and he's shown favor. And I want you to be encouraged. I'm not going to preach what I'm about to read. I want you just to get into this and you meditate on it, feed on it this week. But this is what we're going to look at first. Look, Proverbs chapter 16, verse 15. In the light of the king's face is life. And his favor is like a cloud of the latter rain. Now this passage, talking about an earthly king, but I want to submit to you that we're talking about, if you got favor in the earthly king, if you've got that grace when, when kings can be mean and, and retrous, uh, but when you have his favor, it's like, it's like the latter rain that you need for the harvest to come in. It's like the latter rain that comes in. Not the former, just the former rain. You need that, but you need the latter rain to, to help that, that harvest, to help that, that seed to continue to grow, to produce the fruit that it needs. And so when you have the favor of king, you're going to have blessings with the harvest. How many needs, how many believes that we need blessings for the harvest? And God's going to help us with that. So listen to this, with being with the face of the king. I want favor with the king. Lord, give us your, your favor. I want now you to look at Joel chapter 2, verse 23 through 29, real fast. Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain faithfully, and he will cause the rain to come down for you, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. The threshing floors shall be full of wheat, and the vats shall overflow with new wine and oil. So I will restore. Someone say restore. <laughs> That's another word for rebuild. And I will restore, and I will rebuild to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust, my great army which I sent among you. And if you're not, if you don't understand what's happening here, in Joel chapter 1, uh, the, the writer Joel talks about, because there was a literal famine that took place uh, where the, the locusts came in and it destroyed everything. It was a judgment of God because the people of God weren't being faithful. There was a warning. And so uh, Joel was able to use it by the inspiration of God to say, here's what's happened. The swarming locusts came in and what it didn't eat, the, the next line of, of locusts. There's four locusts uh, that were that were described here. But it's just saying the situation kept getting worse and kept getting worse and kept getting worse. And, and it was because of the judgment of God. But it was nothing to com be compared to to the day of the Lord when they were taken into captivity. And this is what Joel was saying. Uh, but there's a God doesn't always leave us. He won't leave us in captivity. Someone needs to hold on to that. He won't leave you in bondage. Uh, he won't 
won't leave you under judgment if you have a heart that turns to him. He says, I'm going to restore to you these things. What the, what the locusts, I'm going to restore to you the good things. Verse 26, you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who dwelt wondrously with you and my people shall never be put to shame. Then you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. I am the Lord your God and there is no other. My people shall never be put to shame. And as our praise team comes back, I want to read these last two verses. We read these all the time, but you see there that this verse, these verses pour out uh, of the blessing of God. Even though there was judgment, he doesn't keep us in that place uh, of punishment. He wants to release us and he wants to give us favor. He wants to restore us. He wants to rebuild us. And, and this is what he says. And I'm going to pour out after this. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions and also on my men servants and all my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. How many knows that God is not done uh, pouring out his spirit? Uh, and this, when we go into the Acts chapter two, that the day of Pentecost, this was fulfilled and the outpouring of the spirit of God was laid out there and they began to speak in other tongues as, as the spirit gave them the utterance and, and it flowed out into the, into the streets. I want to let you know that the overflow is not over. Amen. The overflow is not over there. There's a, there's still a pour out today and we need an outpouring of the Holy Spirit for the returning. We need an outpouring of the Holy Spirit for the refining. We need an outpouring of the Holy Spirit for the rebuilding. We can't do this on our own. We need God. Someone just declare, I need you, Lord. I need you, God. And we call on your name as you stand to your feet this morning. Blessed be your name, O Lord. We worship you, Lord. Just into a place of praise. We give you praise, hallelujah. We worship you, Lord. Blessed be your name. He's a God of favor. He's a God of favor. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. Sing to the Lord a new song. He's a God of favor today. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord. Thank him for the favor right now. Lord, you give us favor for the resources. You give us favor to overcome obstacles. Lord, you give us favor to to overcome hindrances, Lord. You give us favor to overcome opposition. You give us favor, oh God, Lord, to have the right timing. We praise you, Lord, for your favor, for your favor. Give him praise for that. Give him praise for that. We worship you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just trusting the Lord to lead us right now. The first thing you need to hear if if you're in this place or if you're watching online, if you've never given your heart to the Lord, you're missing out on the favor of God, but you're missing out on something greater. You're missing out on the, the, the way to get to heaven. You're missing out on your sins being forgiven. This is what it's all about. It's not about what we can get here. It's about going there. It's about going to heaven. Say it's about going to heaven. The only way to get to heaven is to claim Jesus and and call him the son of God. To claim that he is the, the son of God and that he died for our sins. And then ask him to forgive us of our sins. If you're in this place and you say, I need to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Without any hesitation, I just want you to raise your hand and say, I need Jesus as my Lord and Savior. If you're, if you're not following, you say, I need Him as my Lord and Savior. Is anyone today? 
If you're watching online, my number's on the screen. I want to, I want you to call me today. I want to walk with you through the, through the plan of salvation, what God has for you. After we give our heart to Jesus and we follow after him, it's not just surrendering, but it's following, right? After we follow him, he wants to pour out his favor on us. How many believes that? How many believe he wants to pour favor on you and your children on the next generation? He wants our favor. What? What, some people, you know, what is the favor of God? Oh, he blesses me with all these things. No, the favor of God is the removal of, of obstacles so we can do the kingdom work. The favor of God is on our children so that, that the things that bind them up, that they begin to be unloosed so they can give their heart to Jesus Christ. So, so that their heart is not hardened. How many is praying for children? This, this, we're praying for children. We're praying for your lost loved ones. And they may not be, they may be adult children. They're still your children. So God, we need your favor. We need your favor. Hallelujah. We're going to go in time of worship and I'm going to ask the Lord to direct us in the final, the final moments here this morning. But let's just worship the Lord for a few moments. Will you lead us?
Now this song is going to get real good here in a moment. If you're able and you want the favor of the Lord, I invite you to come, find a place to stand, kneel, sit on the front row, whatever, but get ready for what God is about to do. He's going to pour out His favor. If you need His favor, if you're ready for a blessing, come this way. Don't let anything stop you. Don't let any hindrance keep you from receiving the favor of God. Hallelujah. Press in. Press in. You got to hear in. He's for you. Go ahead and someone say, He's for me. He's for me. He's for me. Someone, you got to declare it. He's for me. He's not against you. He's not against you. He is for us. He is for us. Lord, we pray. Speak that into our hearts. You're for us. You're not against us. Lord, you want us to be part of this thousand generations. For a thousand generations. We're a part of that. We claim it, O Lord. Lord, you're going to touch our homes. You're going to touch our church, O Lord. There's returning. There's refining. There's rebuilding. Because there's favor. There's favor with the King. There's favor with the King. On our families. On our families. There's favor. There's favor. Sing it out. Sing it out.
We're going to sing it one more time, but you got to listen. It says, in your weeping and rejoicing. How many knows that both of those things can be happening at the same time in a body of believers? There's some weeping because of things they're going through, and there's some rejoicing. But God is going to give us favor and what, no matter what you're facing, what you're going through. We've got to declare, this is the word of the Lord. We've got to declare it and walk in it. Amen? We've got to declare it and hold on to it. Don't let it go. Don't let what happens this morning. When you're when you're in your times tonight, and I encourage you in your sol- silence and solitude, do it around 6 o'clock if you can. Because what happens if we're all doing this at the same time? If we're all pressing in at the same time? If we were here, we'd be in the same place at the same time. God is going to do something. He's not done with this. And he wants us to hear the message of this song, the message of the word. His favor is upon us. His favor is upon us. His favor. One more time. Say with me. His favor is upon us. His favor is upon us. Go ahead, Sister Bethany. Hallelujah. means right let it be let it be i want to pray a prayer a blessing over this congregation and if you're praying go right ahead and after i'm done praying a, a blessing the sister christina is going to lead us in that final prayer again the this morning the psalms 1914 i just want you to be refreshed this morning anybody feel refreshed right now in the presence of the lord Lord, I pray a, a blessing over this congregation. Everyone who's in this room, everyone who's watching in this room, or watching online. I pray, oh Lord, let the, let the word become alive in our homes. Let your favor become active in our lives, oh God. You want to bless and you want to give favor to the people of God. And Lord, we're asking you for your favor. Uh, Lord, we ask you, Lord, to bless our homes and our families. Uh, Lord, the resources that we need here in our homes. Lord, our faithfulness, you're going to bless and you're going to give. And we trust you Lord Jesus. Keep us safe and keep us healthy, O Lord. I pray for those who are battling sickness in their body. We pray strength for them. All those that have procedures this week, we pray strength for them, O God, and those who are recovering. We know that, Lord, you want to give favor and healing, and you're able to do it. You're able to do it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 Sister Christina, will you lead us in this final prayer? Psalm 19. 
Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Have a beautiful day and God be with you.